The Bible teaches us two very important truths about your future, whether you're a graduate from high school today or whether you're an old man like me. And the first one is this, God has a plan for my life and God's plan for my life is a good plan, right? God's plan for your life is a good plan. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, a verse that is found on the inside of your bulletin, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Right here, God says, my plan, my future for your life is good. Isn't that exciting? So wipe the frown off your face, all right? This is good news. God has a plan for your life and God's plan for your life is fantastic. It is a great, great plan. The second thing is just as important, and it's this. I get to choose my future. I get to choose my future. Did you know that? God gives us a choice. In fact, you can miss the good plan that God has planned for you. It's not automatic. It's not just going to happen whether you want it to or not. God has a plan for your life that's awesome. It's great. It's perfect. But you have to choose that plan. And you can choose not to follow the plan God has for you. Now what I want us to do today is to look at an event in the Old Testament that illustrates these two facts, all right? That God's plan, God's purpose for your life is good and that you get to choose it. Uh, We're going to look at the story of Joshua leading the children of Israel into the promised land after 40 years of wandering in the desert. I'll give you a little bit of background here. Moses leads these children of Israel out of Egyptian captivity. They had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They cross the the sea and and everything is great. They're they're crossing the desert. It should have taken them about two weeks to go from Egypt to the promised land. But because they didn't have faith, because they made an F on the final examination of faith, they had sent 12 spies into the land to look at the land before they went in and took it. Ten of the spies came back and said, oh, it's a great land. It is the promised land. It's a fertile land. The fruit there is good. But there are giants in the land. There are these huge warrior-like people. And compared to them, we look like grasshoppers. And there is no way in the world we can go into that land and take possession of it. Ten of the twelve gave that bad report. The two that gave another report was Joshua and Caleb. It's good to have Joshua and Caleb in our church, isn't it? I mean, we've got, we've got the two good guys in our church. And they said, you know what? It is a great land. It's a fruitful land. Yes, there are giants in the land. But we can do it. Because God is on our side. So what they do, they had a business meeting. And they voted. And the vote was, no, we can't do it. No, we can't take the land. We, were, we are afraid to take the risk. And God said, okay, you flunk. You get an F. You're going to have to spend the next 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Now, in the two passages we're going to look at today in the book of Deuteronomy, the Bible tells us that Moses, their leader, is about to die. He's 120 years old. 
And so Joshua is the young recruit. <laughs> he's not really that young, but he's younger than Moses. And, and he's going to take over. He's going to replace Moses, and he's going to lead the children of Israel across the Jordan into the promised land. But right before that happens, God says, your future is your choice. All right? Look at this verse, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 and following. God said, I set before you today life and prosperity or death and destruction. That's the future that they get to choose. Life and prosperity or death and destruction. If you love the Lord your God and you walk in His ways and you keep His commands, then you'll live and you'll increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering in to possess. Okay? You know what this is, don't you? Let's take a time out. Before I keep reading, let me just stop right here and ask you a question. Here's my question. Would you like to have the kind of life, okay? Would you like to live the kind of life where God says, you know what? I'm going to let you really live. I am going to increase what you do. I am going to bless your life. I am going to bless everything you do. I am going to be with you and bless you and fulfill your plan and your purpose in life. Would you like a future like that? Okay? I'm surprised that only a few of you. Come on! Wouldn't you like a future like that? Well, sure. I, I would like a future that God says to me, you know, you can have it. But it's your choice. You've got to choose. Because if I keep on reading, this is what he says. But if your heart turns away from me, you will not live long in the land that you are crossing over the Jordan to enter and possess. For I have set before you, and again, here are the choices. I have set before you life or death, blessings or cursings. Now choose life, God said so that you and your children may live. Now, very quickly, I want to point out a couple of real quick things about this verse before we go, in. go on. First of all, God had prepared a future for the children of Israel. God had planned their future. He says to them, I've already chosen this land for you. I have already given you this land. I am going to give it to you for your possession. It is the promised land, and I'm giving it to you. But secondly, he says this, you're going to have to go in and possess it. You're going to have to go in and fight some battles. I'm just not going to hand it to you on a silver platter. It's your land, but you're going to have to go in and take it. You have to make the choice. Am I willing to take the risk and make the sacrifices that are necessary to have what God has promised to me? And notice this. Their choice not only affected them that day, but it also affected future generations. The last phrase, choose life so that you and your children may live. So, how do we prepare for the future that God wants us to live and so that we're choosing life rather than death, blessings rather than curses? Well, the answer to that is found in Joshua chapter 1. 
Uh, the fact is, we have to do the same things that God told Joshua to do so that they could go in and possess the promised land. All right? Now, there are two or three things that he tells them, but I'm only going to mention one of them, okay? Just one point. Isn't that great? I only have one point to my sermon. Isn't that super fantastic? You're all excited, but you know what? It really doesn't matter if I have one point or 67 points. My sermon's of the same length, all right? Okay. So you're not getting off today. Here's, here's the point I want to make. If you're going to have the future God has prepared for you, you've got to make a plan. You have to prepare a plan. That's it. The future belongs to the person who plans for it, the one who prepares for it. It's like that old cliche that you've heard over and over again. If you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail. And it happens every time. Planning is a spiritual activity. In fact, the Bible has a whole lot to say about planning. The Bible tells us that it's foolish not to plan. The Bible tells us that it's foolish not to think ahead, not to know where we're going in life. So in Joshua chapter 1, this is how God starts out talking to Joshua about making the plan. Verse 1 of Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving you. I will give you every place where you set your foot just as I promised Moses. And now he's going to outline their destiny for them. He says, your territory will extend from the Sinai Desert to the Lebanon and from the Euphrates to the great sea that is on the west. And what's interesting to me is how specific the Lord is in outlining the borders of the future that these people would possess. In fact, if you go back and, and read previous chapters in the book of, of Numbers and Deuteronomy, it, it, it gets very specific as to which land and how much land each tribe is going to get and each family is going to get. But I want you to notice a couple of things about this, about preparing a plan. First of all, you're never going to possess your future if you're stuck in your past. It's not going to happen. You're never going to prepare and possess your future if you're always looking behind your shoulder into the past. The first thing that God has to say to Joshua is this, Moses is dead. Hey, okay. It's behind you. Move on. I say to you high school graduates, high school is over. It's done with. Move on. The, I'll, the worst thing is you get a 40-year-old guy still living like he's in high school. Or a 51-year-old guy. That's, <laughs> you college graduates, college is over! Go get a job. It's behind you, man. All right. So I ask you a really important question. All of you who are here today, all of us. What in your life do you need to bury? What is there in your life that you need to bury? What do you need to let go of so that you can move forward in fulfilling the purpose God made you for? It's dead. It's over. 
You know, they, they tell me the most difficult thing to do is to keep a corpse from stinking. <laughs> I don't think you can, you know. There are some things you need to let go of. There are some things that you need to bury. You, you cannot get on with your future if you're always living and thinking about the past. He says, Moses is dead. That era is over. That chapter of the book has concluded. Let's start the next chapter. Let's move on. Second, he says, get ready to cross the Jordan. In other words, you've got to prepare. You've got to make some plans. You've got to get ready. And he says, be specific. He, he says, here's where you're going to go. You're going to go from the Sinai to the Lebanon. You're going to go from the Euphrates, which is over in Iraq, to the Great Sea. Again, I do this. Question. Real important question. Where is it that you want to be a year from now? Where is it you want to be five years from now? Or even ten years from now? This is what I know. I figured this out in 51 years of living. You're either going to have a destiny, a dream, a goal, a vision, a plan that you're moving towards... Or you're just going to drift through life. If you don't have a destiny planned out, if, if, you, if you don't know where you're going and what you want to go towards, you're just going to drift through life. And a year from now or five years from now or ten years from now, you're going to look back over your shoulder and say, Wow, where'd all the time go? And what do I have to show for it? I read recently a very famous study that reported this. 27% of all Americans have given no thought to their future. Absolutely zero thought to the future. All they're doing is living for right now, today. 60% of Americans have given some thought to their future. Generally, it is in the area of finances that they've given thought to. But 60% of us have given just a little bit of thought to our future. 10% of Americans have given serious thought to their future. And 3% of Americans have a plan. That is, they have given enough thought to their future where they have written down their goals and how to get there. 3%. Now, what they've done in this study is they have, they have been with these people and studied these people through the years, and this is what they've discovered. 27%, the 27% who have given no thought for their future are living on welfare. They're welfare recipients, almost 100% of them. 60% who have given some thought to their future are just barely making it. They're living from paycheck to paycheck, day to day. All of the 10% who had given serious thought to their future, are what we would call successful people. A hundred percent of them. And the three percent with written goals are highly successful. They were the top achievers in the nation. In fact, those who had written down goals were out achieving all of the rest ten to one. Now here's what is very interesting. They did the study between the 10% who had given serious thought 
and the top 3% who had actually written down goals and had a plan, and they tested these people. And they discovered that successful people and highly successful people, there was absolutely no difference measurable between their education and their talent. The only difference between successful people and highly successful people was that the top 3% had actually written down a life plan. They had written down their goals and not just put it in a safe, but they kept it before them, read it constantly, and every day took the little steps that were necessary to achieve the big goal that they had for their life. That's amazing. It's interesting. Preacher, do you know that to be the case? Are you, are you for sure about that? Yes, I am. Because I've tested it. Twice. In workout plans. I've read numerous books on, on, on exercise and workout. And one of the books it tells you, You've got to write it down. Before the next day, you have to write down your, your diet, what you're going to eat. Before the next day, at the end of, of, of day one, you write down your diet for the next day. You write down your exercise program, the time you're going to get up, the time you're going to start, everything you're going to do, all the exercises you're going to perform, and you have to live by that. I did that for six months, and it worked. Thinking of all the things I could tell you about that, but I don't. Did my body check? Yes. Was I fit? Yes. Was I strong? Yes. Was I good looking? Yes. <laughs> and then I stopped doing it. I stopped writing it down. I stopped planning it out. And guess what? I stopped doing it. And I reverted back to this. (laughs) Yes, it works. This is important because God said, get ready, plan it out. Then in verse 10, he says this. So Joshua ordered the leaders, go through the camp and tell everyone, prepare your provisions In three days you'll cross the Jordan and you're going to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to own. And again, notice here, God says the promised land is your future, but you're going to have to take possession of it. It's not just going to be handed to you on a silver platter. It's not just going to be a cakewalk. You've got to go in and you've got to fight the battles. You must take possession of it. So he says... Prepare your provisions. What's he saying? Well, get your supplies ready. Pack your bags. And so I ask you, have you packed your bags for the next decade? Are you just going to drift through it? Have you made any plans where you want to be in 10 years from now? Have you written down any goals that you have for your future? This is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. This is how I'm going to get there. For your own personal life, for your career, for your family, for your spiritual life in relationship to Jesus Christ and for our church. Have we done that as a church? You know, that this sermon is not 
for the church as a whole. It's for the people in the church in your own personal life, but it applies to the church as well. You know, bless God, we're just, we're just going to show up on Sunday and, and let the Lord bless and whatever happens, happens. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I can go with that to a certain degree, yes. You've got to show up and God's got to bless, yeah. But a church that doesn't plan for the future dies. They don't continue. They don't have a, a, a growing, fervent, thriving ministry. You've got to plan. And we're trying our best to do that. What have you done with everything God has given you for your future? One of my favorite verses in the Bible is found in Psalms 20, verse 4. It's a prayer. May he, God, give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Did you know that verse is in the Bible? What a great verse. Listen to what God said. God says, I want to give you the desires of your heart and I want to make all of your plans succeed. But here's the problem. God can't make your plans succeed if you've never made any plans. <laughs> so really, God's waiting on you. I give you the choice, God says. Life or death. Blessings or curses. Really, the Bible has a whole lot to say about the wisdom of planning. You go all through the book of Proverbs, it's, it's everywhere. You've got to plan, you've got to plan. The foolish man doesn't plan. The wise man plans. It says, look at the ants. Ants, the Bible says, are smarter than people. They plan. They store up for the winter in the summertime. Most people, they don't plan. We don't do that. A lot of us just live in paycheck to paycheck. We never plan for the future. We never plan for retirement. We're not saving. We're not, we're not preparing for that. We're, we're not like the ants. <laughs> and God said the ants are wise. Jesus said it like this. No king goes to battle without first making a plan. He says no builder builds a tower without first making a plan. You know the reality? Most people have spent more time planning their yearly vacation than they have in planning their life. You think about it. I'm certain most women have spent more time planning their wedding than they have in planning their life. Is your wedding important? Yes. Somebody's spending a lot of money on it. But it's only for a day. In fact, a, a wedding ceremony lasts about 20 minutes. If you have a lot of songs, 30 minutes. <laughs> and it's over. But your life is just that. You're going to live the rest of your life living your life. What have you done to plan it? We make business plans. Why don't we make life plans? But listen to this. Since we don't know the future, and, and we don't, we don't, do we? How, how many of you know the future? How many of you know for sure what's going to happen tomorrow? Well, none of us do. We don't know that. Since we don't know the future, we give God the right to change our plans. That's why in the book of James it says, When you plan, you don't say, We're going to do this, this, and this. You say, We're going to do this, this, and this. If it's the Lord's will... And that's the key. 
It's got to be the Lord's will. In other words, I don't know what's going to be around the next turn. I don't know what's going to happen to my life tomorrow. But it doesn't mean that I don't make plans because I don't know the future. God knows the future. I just give God the right to change my plans and it doesn't upset me if He does. He still wants me to make plans even if He has the intention of changing those plans because He says that planning out the life is smart. It's wise. So you make your plans and you give those plans to God. And you say, God, here they are subject to your approval. Subject to your change. And you can do that because you've already given your heart to the Lord. Yep, it's the way it works, man. You say, preacher, did you do that? You better believe it. Man, when I was 11 years old, God was formulating that plan for my life in my head. By the time I was 12 years old, I knew what God wanted from my life. And I started planning at the age of 12 the future of my life. And as I grew older, that, that plan became more defined. I was going to go to Hillsdale College. I was going to go to seminary. After seminary, I was going to come back to West Texas, Midland, Texas specifically. And I was going to pastor a Free Will Baptist Church for the rest of my life. All I wanted to do is preach and pastor in Texas. Because if you haven't figured it out, that's what God smiles upon. That was my plan. I gave that plan to God. It was working out great. Until he changed it. He didn't really change the plan. He just changed the location. Can I tell you something? Don't say that you won't do something. Because I was foolish enough when I was a young preacher to stand in the pulpit at Western Hills Free Old Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas and say, I will never live or pastor in Arkansas. I would rather, my exact statement was, I would rather go to Africa. Than Arkansas? I did, didn't I? I have spent most of my adult life in, in Arkansas. But can I can I tell you something? It's okay. It's okay. Arkansas has really risen on, on the respectability in my heart and life of the places that a person can live and have a good life. Right now, it's number two on the list. <laughs> it was my plan, but God changed my plan. That's okay. It's okay, because I really, honestly, can I tell you the truth? I like it. I'd rather be here than anywhere. Because it's God's plan. It's God's will. So, how do you have plans that will succeed? How do you be successful in your future? Proverbs 
Commit to the Lord whatever you do. Then your plans will succeed. You commit whatever you do to the Lord, and it will be successful. You surrender your plans. You make your plans, and then you say, Lord, this is the best I can do, but I'm surrendering what I've done to you, and I give you the right to change my plans anytime you want to. Because here's the key, and listen to me, young people especially listen to me. It all begins when we give him our heart. That's the first step. You give him your heart. And after you've given him your heart, then you can give him your plans. And if he decides to change those plans, it's okay with you because he's got your heart. It's my desire to stay here till I die. <laughs> it's what I want. That's what I choose. That's my plan. But you know what? If tomorrow God says to me, no, Will, you've been in Arkansas. This, now I want you to go to Africa. <laughs> it would be really hard. But I would say yes. You know why? Because he has my heart. And for our young people, if you get anything out of this message today, get this. God wants your heart. That's where it begins. You give him your heart. And you say to the Lord, Lord, my life is yours. Whatever you want to do with my life, it's okay. Because I love you more than anything else. And then you know what? You write out your plan. God's given you something in your heart that you know you're good at. Something that fulfills you, that you enjoy doing. So pursue it. Write those plans out. This is, this is the way I want to get to the goal. And then live it every day. Walk that plan. Subject to God's change and His approval. I'm going to finish with one last verse, and then we'll pray. Paul said this in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will. The happiest life that you can live is smack dab in the middle of God's will. Because God's will is good, it is acceptable, and it is perfect. And you will never find true happiness and true commitment outside of the center of His will. How do you get there? He told us in verse 1. You present your body, that's you, everything that there is of you, as a living sacrifice to the Lord. You keep yourself holy and pure and clean and acceptable in His sight. And He will give you a life worth living.